Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, everyone. It's Kave. I want to get the plugs out for my guests on this episode out front and early first comedian turner sparks super funny guy find out all his tour dates at turnersparks.com get his new album double happiness he's got tour dates so many if you're in australia the comedy store has him there from january 24th through february 4th he's also going to be in carson city nevada march 11th at the fandango casino in las vegas he's going to be at the tropicana at uh, on march 13th through 19th and Johnny Taylor, who is also joining us, can be found at Twitter, at Hipsterocracy, on Twitter, I should say. You can get his albums at Spotify and iTunes. He's going to be in Batavia, Illinois, the 2nd through the 4th, and then Kansas City, the 12th through the 14th. And if you're in Portland, he'll be doing shows on the 24th and the 25th. Definitely check both those guys out. They're really great. I think you'll enjoy this episode. Special thank you to our sponsor, Lucky Dog Hot Sauce. Make sure you check out Lucky Dog Hot Sauce at LuckyDogHotSauce.com. My favorite hot sauce, so I think you'll like it too. Because you clearly have good taste, or you wouldn't be listening to the show. Anyways, enjoy! I am Kave Hoda. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, I am here with a really fun group of people today to talk about hecklers. Hecklers. I I know you're wondering why hecklers. Well, I, I think it's a fascinating topic. I don't understand why they do what they do. I think it's a really curious uh, psychological condition almost. We're going to talk about it. To do that, we have a couple of people, returning fan favorite, Dr. Tyler Black. Dr. Tyler Black, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Thank you for having me. 
I love your voice. It's so <laughs> soothing. I was telling Tyler before we started recording how I wish he would just record like him reading stories to help me go to sleep at night. That's another way to say that I'm very boring. <laughs> no, man. No, I love your voice. You could read something really exciting too. It still like helps calm me. Just hearing your voice like bring, brings my blood pressure down a couple points. Joining us also, we have for the first time on the show, we have comedian Turner Sparks, who I've enjoyed for a long time. I really like your comedy. I've enjoyed following you on Twitter and and getting your exploits and seeing clips of you at the uh, Friar Club in New York. Uh, Turner, welcome to the show. Thank you. And likewise, by the way. Yeah, we've known each other on Twitter for years, and this is the first time we've talked. So yeah. uh, thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited. No, I, I'm really glad people. you're here, too. Coming back to the show, comedian Johnny Taylor, wrestling aficionado, brilliant stand-up, does TV and all that shit, too. Johnny, welcome to the show again. Uh, welcome back. It's it's good to be back. It's good to be joined by a, a good friend of mine, Turner Sparks, a, a, a fellow yeah. Sacramento Kings fan. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's we're uh, the two. It's, it's good. We're the we're the two. Well, there's a lot of comedians that are Kings fans. Turner, you'd let, be let surprised. Me, no, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. You have to have a good sense of humor to be a Kings fan. <laughs> certainly do. You certainly do. easy. I will no, no. Let me tell you this. I'm a I'm a lifelong Warriors fan, but I flirted a little bit with Kings fandom when I was in my training over there in Sacramento, and I, there is no better fan base than the Sacramento Best. Kings. The the shit that you guys put up with year after year, the really questionable decision-making in the front office, like the the wrecks of choices that are sometimes made, but the fans are so fucking great. I am actually really genuinely happy that you guys are having such a good year. And I'm so glad we could all be here together for the real reason I brought this crew together, which is to make fun of Dr. Tyler Black for being a Lakers fan and destroy yeah. him. Oh, oh, it's a, it's a good, oh, it's a good year. I, that's all. That. I'm done, actually. I have to leave. It's a good year to gang up on me, let me tell you. No, it's I, I, I am sore. I am sore about last night. Le LeBron missing this layup and, and Tatum hacking him. The foul. Oh, oh I'm sore about that. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll have to admit that was that was um, that was. Oh, it's clearly a foul. There's yeah, yeah. <laughs> no question. But hey, you know, uh, something I, I want to go back to the 2002 Western Thank Conference you. Finals. <laughs> Thank you. Just just say, say you know, something they, happened then. They, I don't they, remember. They they remember they just they remember rings. One, I, I remember rings and rings and trophies. That's all I remember. <laughs> to all our listeners that are not have no idea what we're talking about. Long story <laughs> short, the Sacramento Kings were such a fun team back in like the 2002 era. And they got so robbed by the NBA, <laughs> they sure so did. robbed to like in, in such blown calls to the point where it's pretty clear that something funny was going on. Anyways, that's a fucking different episode. We can talk about that and the trauma it, it left on a generation uh, in, of Kings fans. But that's not what we're here to do today. What I want to talk about is hecklers. Um, I'm again, I'm fascinated by them. I'll, I'll start by. Look, just giving you guys a, a broad definition. This is one of the definitions I saw, and I, I thought it works. A heckler is a person who harasses and tries to disconcert others with questions, challenges, or attempts at humor. I think we, anyone who does public speaking, anyone who does uh, music, live music events, and especially comedians, this is something that you guys probably have to deal with. You guys deal with it probably a little bit more than than the rest of us. I do a lot of public speaking, and I used to perform music live and it would happen every now and then but um i feel like there you guys have a special uh, connection to this let me first start by saying do you guys um 
know where the word heckler comes from by any chance? So no. I looked it up. So it, it, it originated from the textile trade. So in like the mid 15th century, someone who heckled was someone who was like pulling and teasing uh, out flax or hemp fibers. And then in like 1885, it came to mean something different because there was this Scottish town called Dundee uh, where there was like a famously sort of radical component to it. And the the hecklers union, the the guys that were doing this, making like pulling out the, the hemp fibers and, and making, I guess, rope or whatever, um, they were established as like this really radical and belligerent element in the workforce. And so like people would refer to the hecklers as these guys who would cause trouble. And that's that's how it can came to be. So I guess let me first start by asking the comedians on on this panel here, just how often does heckling happen in the stand-up world? Because I mean, you know, people love posting it on TikTok. People love posting like, you know, like video. I love seeing the heckler get torn apart. If, if there's like a video with that fucking bait, that's like, yeah, watch this comedian destroy the, the heckler. I instantly click on it because I love seeing that. But how often does it really happen? Uh, Turner, uh, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I think Johnny and I are probably thinking the exact same thing right now, which is I think you have to back up a step because there's different kinds of heckling. Right. There's the heckling that everyone thinks of is like you're up there, you're trying to do a good job. You, you have a joke. It might not land or the person might not like the joke. And then they attack you in a negative way. And I don't feel like that happens very often. That's more uncommon uh, it, for sure. That's very, yeah. The most common is the persons in the audience and they think they're helping you. Right. Mm. They think they're like, Hey, I can add, like you said this joke. Oh, that also happened to me. Or like, here's an idea that also, and it, it never helps because you are, you know, where you're going. Like no one's going to do that at Broadway, at Broadway play. You know, no one's like (laughs) Hamilton. What about Andrew Jackson? He was up there too, (laughs) you know, but for some reason for us, it happens all the time. They think you're, they think like this is, they're going to they're whatever they're say is going to help you move along. Yeah. I mean, to, to Turner's point, uh, I, yeah, I think, you know, heckling, you see all these videos and you would think that heckling was like a, a virus that had outbroke, you know, but it's really, it's not as common as you would really think, you know, I go whole weekends where I do, you know, five or six shows in a weekend and I won't get heckled one time, you know. Uh, I think part of it's having an interesting act. Uh, there's less uh, chances for people to uh, not listen and actually try to chime in. But like last night, I was doing a wine bar, and it's just a bunch of people that were wine drunk in Placerville. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and you know, I that said... Sounds, it's a mess. That I just sounds a, messy. Yeah, oh, I my do God. A, you know, I do this. Uh, I'm doing working on the spit mm-hmm. about, the, about the kidney stone surgery. And uh, I'm like, uh, anybody ever have kidney stones? And a person was like, I have kidney stones. And I was like, oh, man, what a nightmare. And then they were like, going to elaborate on it. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm kind of telling, telling my kidney stone story now. So, uh, you know, you can sign up for an open mic and work through your shit, too. Uh, but, you know, it, it's stuff like that where they're like, oh, I'm connecting. But, you know, it's a live performance. Tyler, yeah. What's your what's what's your read on this? I, I mean, I, I did a little bit of like research into seeing if there was anything written from a psychological yeah. perspective on hecklers. Not a lot. There is this uh, therapist by the name of uh, Judy Bailey 
who wrote a little bit about it. I don't know if you had a chance to review that, where she sort of breaks down different types of hecklers, kind of like what they had already mentioned, you know, hecklers who are just being rude, those that are overzealous and just really want to be a part of the show, uh, what, what she called squawkers, which is just like the negative, uh, no, no, the poo-pooing an idea, they just want to say no to something. The people that are just sort of turned off kind of like, you know, what, what Johnny was talking about, people that have some need or something that's not being met and they're kind of like bored or whatever, and then there's people who intimidate for power and, and so on. What What's your sort of understanding about why people heckle? Well, I mean, it, it, you know, performances are for crowds. And um, the person who is giving the performance, the professional that's there giving the performance or the person that's supposed to be speaking um, is, of course, performing for the crowd. But hecklers are also mostly performing for the crowd. Now, there's that group. I think that we were talking about that they're really offended by something or something's really upset them and they they may or may not be doing it for the crowd but for the most part they're you know they're trying to add a joke or they're trying to make themselves seem funny um but um you know there is there is a few things written about it um you know there there is a there is a meanness to it um there is a meanness to heckling but it's um you know it's if you're all sitting around a group of friends and someone says something and you kind of rib them it's funny, but in a larger crowd, it gets more and more embarrassing. And good news for a lot of comedians is that embarrassment can be something that the the crowd identifies with. And so when that zinger comes back, it is something that the crowd sort of revels in because they're they're just glad it wasn't them that was under the the hot, the hot spot like that. But um, you know, alcohol, a little bit of uh, a little bit of um, narcissism and these types of things mixed together, and and you okay. get someone who thinks that they're the star of the show. But right. but doesn't it have to be more than a little narcissism because I have a good healthy amount of narcissism. <laughs> I'm pretty fucking obnoxious, and I have drank a lot, and yet I have never been inclined to interject myself into someone else's show or act. I'm called on in acts, and I don't want to be there, much less <laughs> like you know uh, to 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 enter interrupt someone's act. I mean, there's got to be some level of pathology, right? I mean, there could be for sure, um, you know, someone who's, you know, comedy often skirts, you know, it's, it's sort of like we, we call them benign social injuries. Like when when comedians make jokes, often it's at the expense of other people. Often it's it's something that you're not supposed to say. It's a little bit taboo. So you can really cross the line for someone. And that version of heckling is probably they're just really offended and, and they want to say their piece. But for pretty much all the other heckling, I'm guessing there's a healthy amount of confidence that is likely not earned. And a whole bunch of narcissism that says, you know, I want to be the star of this show. My friends around me, I want them to think that I'm funnier uh, than this person. Or maybe they just don't like the person on the stage and they want everyone to know that. Right. I've had I've had that. I've had that for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I would like to see what you guys think. Uh, but, um, but I find the negative ones, these people genuinely think they're speaking for the group. Mm-hmm. They're saying that whatever this person's saying on stage is wrong, whether it's you're making fun of Biden and they love Biden, you're making fun of Trump and they love Trump, or it doesn't have to be political. It could be religious, literally whatever it is. You're making fun of vegans and they're vegan. And they want that to end. And they think everyone in the room also wants that to happen. And so they're going to be the one, like I am Spartacus. They're the one who's going to stand up <laughs> and say for everybody, this is wrong. And those are the ones that I find are the most negative and aggressive because they genuinely think they're not there to get a laugh. They're there to like stop what's the atrocity that's happening in front of them. 
Why are yeah. those people going to comedy shows? That's the thing I don't understand. It's like I, <laughs> I mean, it. So let let me let me let me ask you another question. Um, how do you guys manage them, and how is it just through sheer practice? Is there some training that you get? How how do you guys practice? How do you guys? Can you guys give us an example of hecklers and situations how you've handled it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I first off, I mean, you, you you see all these heckler videos, and there's a reason uh, that they're they're so popular. It's because uh, comedy is all about building tension and releasing it. So when a heckler says something, it's uncomfortable. You know, it, it makes the entire crowd uncomfortable whether they're digging the act or they don't like the act it doesn't matter it's it come it's awkward so it it kind of creates a natural joke setup uh where you build they're building the tension and then if you're quick enough and you zing them it releases that tension that's why it gets such a huge laugh it's like this in the moment natural organic joke writing process it's uh so, you know, I mean, I I was headlining a Valentine's Day show at the Sacramento Punchline, packed house, very uh, a lot of happy couples drinking a lot of happy juice. And uh, I had a guy that just didn't like me. And he was like audibly <clears throat> like he even said, like, uh, oh, some headliner. And I, and the thing is, is, I'm killing this guy is in the wild minority uh, in the audience. And uh, so I'm like, have you been drinking a lot, buddy? And he's like, uh, yeah, I have been drinking. What, what, you don't like drinking? I was like, oh, I love drinking. But like, what are you drinking? Like ether? And uh, <laughs> and then uh, we we go back and forth for three or four minutes. And uh, I said, here, this is the last thing I'm going to say. Uh, I, I don't want you to die. But I wouldn't be sad <laughs> if, you, if you did. Huge laugh. And then it was over. You know, we yeah. moved on. We got back into material. Did, did, have you ever had a heckler like try to meet up with you afterwards, either to be like, hey, that was great, right? Like we worked together really, we were riffing really good there, right? Or like angry, actually angry? Yeah. Yeah, I have for sure. I've had angry people. I've had people that, that were cool about it. I had an experience one time. There was a really obnoxious girl and she was, uh, speaking up a lot and she looked uh she looked just like a famous actress so i i said to her i was like hey you know has anybody ever told you you look like rachel bilson and she was like oh my god i get that all the time and i was like i've always found her hideous and uh that got the, a huge laugh and then I, I i saw her at the mall with her she was shopping with her mom Oh, and she was like, oh, my God, you're that comedian. And I was like, oh, you saw me. And I, I didn't remember who it was. And she's like, uh, you told me that I look like Rachel B Bilson and you always found her hideous. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, yeah, I remember. I'm, I'm sorry. I was just trying to make something awkward, funny. And she's like, I've been laughing about that for the last two weeks. And I'm like, OK, cool. Yeah, you did your job. Turner, what about you? Uh, yeah, I was on stage. I mean, so I'm in Australia right now. I've been here all week doing shows. And it's like quite the uphill battle because they genuinely hate American people, uh, the audiences. <laughs> so when you say and the, the other comedians have told me, they're like, it's pretty hack. They're like, listen, when you go up there, you got to like be like, hey, it's Amer I don't it's OK. I don't like my country either. And I'm like, oh, wow. I don't know. No, I'm not. You know what? 
Yeah. Like I'm not changing what I do. Just right, how right. about you just anyway, whatever. So I was on, I was doing, I was telling this story, this thing that happened to me a few days ago. This was last night. And um, I, or I guess it was two nights ago. And I said, so the guy in the story that down the street thought I was Australian. And so like, blah, blah, blah. And this guy in the crowd uh, yells out. He's like, that's bullshit. And I'm like, what? And he goes, you don't look Australian at all. And he was an Australian guy. And the crowd like tense, as Johnny said. And then the guy was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. And I was like, well, you look 100% American. <laughs> and then the crowd is like blah and like exploded and then i had him and when you know you have the crowd it's like a shark right like when you know the crowd's on your side and i can just tear into this guy as much as i want and they'll let me go as far as i want to go because they've kind of decided that they don't like the guy either and he started it so then it's just you're just like dinging through the like whatever it is, you know, like typical American stereotypes, like you didn't shave, you're overweight, like you're fat, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And they were like, ah, ha, 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 ha. And I was getting out all their anti-American tension on this poor Australian <laughs> so guy. Yeah. And then, it's like and a brilliant judo move. That is. Yeah. And then after the show, he came up to me first and he was like, that was amazing. Oh, I got to follow you on Instagram. You were great. So he like loved it, you know, so you I've, never know. I, I've always wondered though, when someone's heckling, someone who's a professional joke teller with a microphone that can control the audio. It always just, it always just seems to me like you have to go into that knowing you're going to lose. So there has to be a little bit of like a, I don't mind if I face plant or I don't mind if I'm the butt of the joke sort of (laughs) mentality because yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah. It's such an unfair fight. Cause as you said, we have a microphone, the lights are on us. Yeah. The audience has come either to see us or to see a show that we're now legitimized on because we're one of the comedians on the show and we're above them. We're standing. Everyone can see us. No one can see them. So there's nothing fair about it, really. Well, actually, that that's kind of what I was wondering, Tyler, is that like there is it this question of control? Like these people are in the audience. They see this guy up on or a woman up on stage. They see that they have the power. They see that this person sort of owns the crowd. Maybe it leads to this feeling of being powerless or intimidated uh, or just overlooked. And that's why people do what they do, almost like a compulsion. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. But it sounds like from from some of what I'm hearing from you guys, a lot more of at least in comedy seems to be people who want to just be a part of it and and help in their own really sort of weird way. I think yeah. that's most of it. Go yeah, ahead. I would say that's 90 percent. Yeah, 90 yeah. percent. The best is when, you know, we're at that advantage, you know, that's the ninety nine to one you know percent chance this is going to go well for the heckler. But every now and again. You watch a heckler just get a serious zinger on the comic and they have no response. And uh, that's almost better than anything, (laughs) especially when it happens to a friend. (laughs) What do you do, Johnny, when that happens to you? Oh, when you when they just have a serious good one and you're just like, fuck, I usually go security, get this guy the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I usually just let him have it. I go, listen, that was awesome. Yeah, you won. Yeah, you won. And then the crowd clap, like round of applause, whatever for that guy, and then you move on. And it's usually yeah. not personal. It's like it's something, you know. It's, no. You guys are like all. You-, you guys are you. If you had your option of having a completely heckerless crowd, if you knew going in there would be no hecklers, 
versus the chance that this could occur. I mean, where do you guys fall on that? Are you guys glad that they're there? No, no. I I would take no. the no. I would take the no heckler every a hundred percent of the time. Agreed, hundred yeah. percent. Again, I go back to like, are you asking Lin Manuel Miranda uh, if he would like to have hecklers in Hamilton? <laughs> Like, I'm not saying we're Lynn Manuel Miranda, but we don't want that. We want to just yeah. do what we we have an act. We're working on material. We might be recording it in six months for right. a special or album or whatever it might be, and we're trying to build that. So yeah, no, it's just a it's just a speed bump on the way to where you want to go. Tyler, there's other forms of hecklers. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, um, in in medicine, oh. there's we have our own version of it, right? We do in medical conferences. It makes me think so much of hecklers where someone will give a talk and, you know, they're an expert in their field or they're presenting on some topic and someone in the crowd just, they're not going up to ask a question. They're not going up to say, Hey, that's interesting research you presented. They're going to give like a one or two minute soliloquy about what they think about your topic. Um, and they're, you know, one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST idea about it and, um typically it's like a a well-seasoned person in the crowd that's you know a little bit on the grumpier side but you it really an old white guy it's always an old white guy. it's always, always an old white guy, always <laughs> an old white guy. <laughs> and you know and, and you know you're you know you'll watch a student or a resident or you know some some young presenter just absolutely they're just standing there and they're really you know, they're nervous about what their question is going to be and it turns out there is no question it's just someone who wants to grandstand I don't know if that's what you're thinking of, Kevin. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. There's so much of that in medicine. Everyone has an opinion on something they saw and they want to share and they want to be part of it. Um, and if you, I know you guys in comedy have to deal with people with some pretty big egos, but you have seen nothing. <laughs> oh, you guys, you guys, there's some people out there in medicine that have never been kept in check and uh, they have to be a part of it. And, and you see it a lot, like, I think things are getting better overall. Um, but when Tyler and I were in training and just, you know, young, fresh faced uh, kids, like presenting a case at grand rounds or something, there's always some old like white dude who has to stand up and just wants to show everyone how fucking smart he is and tear you a new asshole. <laughs> like, and to some degree, it's just part of the training that back then you just kind of had to take it. You're like, Oh yeah, that's, it's a great point, sir. It's a great point. Yes, I didn't. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't think of the Trinidad Scorpion. That's a fucking brilliant point. Yes, uh, that, that I should have put that on my differential. Yeah, no, I know he actually never traveled 
to Trinidad. Uh, but yes, I should have had that on my, yes, sarcoidosis. I should have absolutely mentioned that. Yes, of course. <laughs> you know, they just make you eat shit. Um, and but, you also have the disadvantage that you can't do what anyone else would do. And that's like, give a comeback. Like if you did, it's like the least, it's so unprofessional. You know, I, in my head, I wanted to scream, wow, I can't wait for your 50 minute presentation. Um, <laughs> but you you just have to go, oh, thank you for the point. Uh, next question. And you just yeah, read really? it. It hurts. Yeah, no, it fucking sucks. Oh, man. <laughs> Can you imagine if we weren't allowed to say anything to the heckler? We're just I like, know, oh, I'm good just point. like, my yeah, joke that's does a, suck. Yeah, point well taken. I'm the worst. Uh, <laughs> cool, I guess moving on. Uh, I'm curious you know, I'm, I'm curious if anyone has a favorite heckle response because they're so popular. I don't know if anyone has one that, um, you know. I, seen. I don't have any stock responses, but I, I have a friend, uh, Johnny, you know Tom Rhodes? You know, I know Tom Rhodes. Love him. Uh, yeah, you know Tom, of course. So Tom, I work with a lot, and he has like a number of them. Um, one of them is uh, just because I he goes, uh, he has this like preacher almost like cadence to his comedy. He started oh. in San Francisco, actually. It's a real soulful guy. He's got like a real like swinging soulful sort of like vibe to yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, listen, listen, sir, I know what's happening just because. I have a, my comedy is told in a conversational style. Doesn't mean we're having a conversation. <laughs> and then he like moves on. Um, That's a pretty good impression. Like that sounds movies. like him. Yeah, yeah. That's a good time. Johnny, who's the best uh, that you've ever seen in terms of taking down a heckler, live or or video? Oh, uh, you know, I mean, there's so many. I mean, I, I would say anybody that's been in for a minute should have that uh in their in their tool tool belt you know the uh ability to handle a heckler but you know ones that are just completely gifted at it it's like moshe kasher just mm. you know, iron sharp wit you know anybody says anything in the crowd it's gonna get you know greg proops is another mm. one that's <laughs> just so smart and so quick that you know if somebody has something they got something right there for them immediately yeah. Uh, and it's always the fucking funniest possible response. I got so much respect for, I mean, I, I, I've told Johnny this before. I'll tell you too, Turner. I got a lot of respect for comedians because, you know, I've done a lot of, I play a lot of music live um, and done a lot of like medical, like conference speaking. But um, to do comedy is on a different level uh, because, you know, when I'm like, when I was in the band, we were playing, if, if I got the sense someone didn't like it, it's like, you know, whatever, they don't like our style of music. The drummer sucked. There's always an excuse to hide behind. Um, but when you guys are out there, it's just like, it's just you. <laughs> they don't like they don't it, like it's it. you. <laughs> they don't like us. <laughs> you know? And, and to deal with hecklers like that, not I mean, to first of all, then have someone attack you, and then to be able to, like, come back with something, um, I, I think that's fucking amazing. It's a real skill set. <laughs> it's a really impressive thing that you guys are able to do in the first place. I just... Thank you. I just want to say the best one I've ever seen, uh, and I saw it on video, but it's Joe Klosik, the San Francisco comic. Oh, yeah. When he brings the guy he, on stage. He invites the heckler yeah. on stage, and he goes, all right, you're funny. Come up here. Do five minutes. Mm. And he gives the guy a microphone. He's at the San Francisco Punchline. They have another <laughs> mic. So he sets the mic up, and the dude is wasted, and he okay. starts trying to write jokes in the moment. And trying to tell and obviously they're terrible. So Joe just sits back and starts like making fun of like picking apart of his jokes as the guy's telling them. <laughs> and the guy's bombing and everyone's laughing at him. And Joe, it turns like two, three, four minutes. He's up there a while. A few minutes in, 
Joe realizes it like the thing's over and it starts to get sad. And Joe says to him, he goes, Hey man, Hey man, it's okay. It's okay. Like the guy goes into his next joke and Joe stops and he goes, Hey, it's okay, man. Do you want to, you want to sit down now? You can go. You, It's fine. You can go. And the guy's like, yeah, I want to sit down. He goes, okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's like, such a great Sympathetically clip. lets the guy leave the stage. <laughs> yeah. And first off, that's never a good idea. Uh, Joe, no. Joe, yeah. uh, yeah. that it, it ended up being magic. But uh, you never want to give the uh, the heckler the power of the microphone. Yeah, yeah. It's, no. uh, or bring them up on stage. I imagine yeah, nothing good cool. comes of that. Like generally, yeah. But Joe handled it so well. It was. It's in a you, go YouTube. It. It's it's probably well, has like eight hundred thousand views at this point. So well, let me let me ask you this, and this might just be because I'm cynical, but I feel like when I see a video where the takedown is too good, I'm like, or the person's just too quick with a, a brilliant re- like retort, I'm like, this had to have been a plant, right? Does that, does that happen? Uh, that is, uh, yeah, I think it does actually. I saw yeah. Turner's eyes what's, light up. What's that? What's that Johnny? I'm trying to think of the guy's name. His is name's Steve Hofstetter. Oh, okay. We're thinking uh, of the exact same guy. Yeah, Steve yeah. Hofstetter <laughs> is, uh, the one that I would be the most suspicious of. Uh, I listen, Steve, if you're listening, uh, He's not, I, I'm sure. I like I like you. I've always thought you're a, a nice and you're a very funny guy. But yeah, I have my suspicions about those Sackler videos. Because it's, it's too... also saying something that I live in New York City. Johnny lives in Sacramento. We do know each other, but we're not in the same comedy communities. And we both came to the exact same person right. when you asked that question. Right. <laughs> what is what is it about? Um, I've seen some of his his bits, and they seem like I know well well rehearsed. I I would say, but what what is it um, about like that particular thing that makes you guys question it? Uh, Just well, too smooth, too 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 good, too easy. Well, I mean, it's not just the eye test; it's things I've heard, uh-huh. uh, and I've also, you know, there's something to say. Like you're posting heckler videos, and a lot of these guys that are posting heckler videos are actually doing Q and A sessions uh, at the end of their set, uh, and so it may look like the person's heckling, but they're actually just doing a Q and A session, <laughs> and uh, then the person is uh, responding to it. Uh, so that's cheating. Part of this whole heckler thing is in New York now, they're starting to ask comedians to stop doing as much crowd work at these comedy clubs because because mm. the hardest thing to do is write a joke, right? right? Like an actual material. And an easier thing to do is just get into it with an audience member and then take that clip and put it online. And that way you can release viral. that and not yeah, have right. to release your material. Right, right. And people are doing that so they can put out like three clips a week, four clips a week on Instagram which you could never, you couldn't keep up if it has to be like worked out material. So people are now starting to on purpose, try to get in to comedians are starting it. You know, mm-hmm. that's smart. That's a smart, that's a really smart, like marketing technique. You know, I could, I'd see why they would do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and there's all crowd work shows now. That's a big trend in standup is uh, we're doing a crowd work show. And it's like, can you imagine being in the audience for the seventh comic of a crowd work show? You're just mm. like, yeah, man, I'm tired of talking about my relationship. It's uh, <laughs> tired of telling you what I do for a living. You know, it's good Lord. It's smart. It is smart. But within the comedy world, I don't know, Johnny, I don't, I think I can speak for everybody when I say it's less respected to it. Yeah. We all know the hardest thing is to write a bit. So, right. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, right. It, it's like, I would say, you know, that about roasts, you know, I mean, roast jokes, there's 10 of them. There's 10 roast yeah. jokes yeah. and they're customized to whoever you're, 
you're talking to in a in a slightly different way. Uh, and the easiest the easiest way to be funny is to be mean. So uh, for me, it's like roast jokes, you know, uh, destroying a heckler. Those are the easiest jokes to write because it doesn't take a lot of, uh, you know, cre- creativity mm-hmm. to diss somebody, you know. Yeah, it uh, you know, I just went to the uh, Sketchfest roast of Bruce Campbell last night with some of our friends. And I got to say, uh, I don't I don't I think I'm over roast. Like I just like, you know, the market's a, been saturated. <laughs> it, there's a couple of funny bits in there. Kevin Pollack delivers well. Um, he he knew his like he, he did a good job. Elvira was there, and hers was was not that great. I mean, I love her, but like I'm like I don't know. You've been doing this like 70 years. You think you'd be better at it by now? Like, <laughs> and it and and it's and you know the jokes are written by somebody else because they're you know bad otherwise. And like um, it, it it just yeah I don't know why we can't just get into a room with people and just tell them we like each other. <laughs> we have to be mean it's to each other. To do. It's harder. Right. <laughs> Tyler, when you go to a comedy show, do you do, do you? Let me ask you, Tyler. Do you ever go to comedy shows? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like when you go, like um, where where do you sit? Do you try to avoid sitting up front, or do you sit? Oh, in the back? I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm too I'm too self conscious to sit near the front. I don't want to be a target never um, right i, I like i, I like being middle actually i love the crowd response to a good comedian like when the crowd's really in it it feels really good to be part of that crowd it does um and i give i give um you know one of the things you have to do is you know when you're when you're watching comedy is if you go in wanting to hear certain things you'll be disappointed but if you really think about you know, callbacks and these types of things, you go, wow, that was really clever how they did that. Like they set that up 15 minutes ago and here I am laughing about it now, you know? And, um, yeah. and, and so you, you can, you know, people go in, you know, they, they know someone and they want to see that headliner, but it, there's such great work that goes into it. It's really impressive. Well, Tyler, you sounded like an excellent audience member. <laughs> so please come Actually, out to I was any, at any show LA. anytime. I was at an LA comedy club. I, I don't remember which one I was. I, I just decided to drop in one day and they had a bunch of people that I knew, Neil Brennan and things like this. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, and uh, there's only about 20 or 25 in the crowd. And the at some point, they just, one of the comedians got up and said, nobody's laughing how, hard enough. You guys have to laugh harder. And I was like, be funnier. It's the only time I've, <laughs> right. the only time I've heckled yeah. in my the, life. The, the stench of desperation fills the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My only heckle in my life was when I said, "Be funnier." Oh, <laughs> oh how dare you, Tyler! You got him. You, you got can't him. Blame the twenty. The twenty-five people are the ones who are there. Don't blame them that the other right. seventy-five seats are empty. Yeah, they're right, the only right. ones that you should like. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So before we close up here, let's. There, there are some listener questions here. You know, I'll just do one because they're all some variation of these two questions. So here's a, a listener question from Dhruv Bhagavan, who is known for writing in uh, really lengthy, um, too smart for me questions. Uh, so I usually don't read them, but I will read these because they're dumb enough for me to understand. One, <laughs> and we've talked about some of this. One, what qualities make for a good heckler whose takedown can actively make the show better versus one who just ruins the show? Um, we kind of talked about that. Well, that's the first part. And two, what factors beyond alcohol make someone more likely to heckle entitlement question mark you want to go ahead uh i could go first off the 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 answer to the first part uh for me uh the only heckle i like 
is one that somehow leads itself to a uh, punchline that I already have written uh, for a different joke when it's like contextually uh, appropriate and I can actually fire off a line because it seems a little bit more like material and mm. I'm going to be able to get back into my material in a more natural way. I think that's the big thing about hecklers that people don't realize is that once you have a heckler exchange, whether it's hilarious or not, it's really hard to go back into doing material because it doesn't seem as in the moment as right. uh, as uh, the, the the heckler interaction did or the, the crowd work interaction did. Uh, so I would say that would be uh, a dream heckle scenario. And it does happen sometimes where I'm like, oh, wow, they just said something and I already have like a punchline that is appropriate for that. Yeah. That that's a thing because like a good comedian, I think you're the one that said this, Johnny. A good comedian makes it look really fucking easy, almost like casual. Right. It, it it's like one of the few jobs where when you're doing it really well, you can't tell how much fucking time and effort the person's put into mastering this craft. And so people don't realize like when they throw something in there, whether or not it's trying to help you or whether or not it's something they think it's part of the show, it's going to be good. It fucks up the flow of things. Like you have written things out and practiced things in a way such that point, like A goes to B goes to C. There's a reason for that. You're not just throwing out like, I'm sure even Mitch Hedberg, who like just had one liners, like had an, an order to like what he wanted to do. You know what I mean? Clearly. So like it, it, I they don't understand how much that can be devastating to like the flow of something. Uh, were you going to say something about that as well, Turner? Or do you want to um, take the second part of that? Well, for for me, the first part, what's a good heckle? Like literally we covered it earlier, but none. I just yeah. hang out and Silence. watch the show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. right, right. Laugh, laugh. <laughs> laugh yeah. when it's appropriate. Or if it's funny, laugh. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not whatever, you know? Right, right. But, well, sorry, I, and I forget the second part of the question. Already. What factors what beyond alcohol? Because all the questions were like, is it all about alcohol? What factors beyond alcohol make someone more likely to heckle? So I think entitlement, you said entitlement, and I think that's a big part of it. And another thing that's starting to happen now, and I don't mean to single out like younger people, but it does happen more with younger people is people are just on their phones during the comedy show. Yeah, mm -hmm. And I had someone a couple weeks ago when I was in New York, she was on her phone and uh, I was emceeing the show. And the guy who was on stage was like, excuse me, could you just put your phone away? And she looked at him and she goes, and it was genuine. She goes, she was like probably 21, 22 years old. She goes, I'm sorry, I can't. I genuinely can't. <laughs> And he's like, are you a doctor? She goes, no, it's an addiction. And, and it was like, none of us had ever seen that before. And the comedian goes, okay. She goes, she goes, I can lower the brightness and just keep it on the table. And he's like, all right, if that's all you can do, I guess. Mm. And like, then, and then I noticed the rest of the show, she had it in her hand the whole time and would look down at it every once in a while, but was doing her best not to disturb the show. It was mind boggling. Holy and shit. so I think that's coming down the pike yeah. sometime oh. soon. And later on, that comedian was canceled for being ableist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That's addiction so depressing. Mocking, yes. Yeah, addiction mocking. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Tyler, that's something but you're going to be dealing with, I'm sure. <laughs> it is really yeah, interesting, I though, think... that, that um, you know, I, I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist. I work with kids all the time. There's a, there's a huge generational gap that I... I have a hard time accepting, but it's just true. And that is, I would say anyone under the age of 22, they can do two things at once. They can legit do two things. People talk about less attention span. No, it's not less attention span. They have a greater attention span. If I'm listening to a comedian and looking at my phone, 
I'm either reading or hearing the jokes. I can't do both. Right. I promise you there's there's this, this multitasking streaming brain that's coming online that we look at and we go, that's awful. You know, that's, you know, how are they not enjoying whatever? And, you know, we put our judgments <clears> on it. Meanwhile, they're twice as efficient as we are at thinking. It's really quite incredible. So, Tyler, I saw, again, this was like a month ago in New York, these, this group of six people, probably all in their early 20s, they're all on their phone. And I was in the back of the room and they were genuinely laughing at the right times when the comedian was telling the jokes. And I was like, holy shit, they are listening to the show, but, but they're also <laughs> looking at their phones. It seemed impossible to me, but it, totally, I agree. Yeah. Uh, the youth. Maybe there's hope for them after all. Um, all right, uh, let's let's close up here, but I want to make sure we get in all the plugs that we possibly can. Let's start uh, first with uh, Tyler. Can you tell our, our listeners who don't already uh, know where to find you, where they can find you? Mostly, I, I'm reachable through Twitter, Tyler Black 32 named after the greatest basketball player of all time, Magic Johnson. Um, and um... I was all LaSalle Thompson. <laughs> Tank Thompson. Tank Thompson. Um, and uh, and I have a number of publications coming out this year. It's been a really, you know, Twitter's really helped me collaborate with some people. So we're going to be talking about kids and the pandemic, mental illness and stuff like this. And, and it's going to be a really good year for publications. So. No, that's great, man. You've done some really great work. You've been a really important person to follow on Twitter. And you've given a very, like, I don't know, careful, thoughtful view and insight into what's really been happening to the kids, uh, what's hype and what's real during uh, the COVID pandemic. So thanks for doing that. And we're definitely going to keep an eye on that. And I'm sure you're going to come back sometime mm -hmm. soon to talk to us about that. Good. Thank you. Uh, Turner, man, I'm so glad that we finally got to hang out. Uh, I feel like this is a long time coming. Got to have you coming back too. Where, where can people find you? Yeah, thanks. Same and likewise. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Turner Sparks. It spells just like it sounds. S P A R K S. I put new stand up clips up every week. Speaking of stand up clips, and um, so you can check out my comedy there. I also host the Lost in America podcast. Every week we talk to we take a global news story um, that we don't know enough about in the U S. because they don't cover it enough. And then, uh, so for example, the war in Ukraine or the, the, the coup attempt they just had in Brazil or the you know, storming of the Brazilian capital, we find a comedian in that country and they explain the news to us. So you get your comedy, world, global com wow. global news from a comedian who lives. It's a great, it's a great format. I love the idea. It's totally a good show. I absolutely recommend it. Um, and uh, you're on, uh, you, you have a, a couple albums you can get, right? Is that, where can they find the albums? Yes. So Spotify, iTunes, anywhere. Um, it's, I have two albums out. One came out in 2019, live from the Friars Club. And my newest one, 2022, Double Happiness. So please Fantastic. check those out anywhere. All right. And, and Johnny, where can people find you? And, and they absolutely should. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, also, listen to Turner's podcast. I was on it. It was uh, very, very fun to, to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, oh, you can find me on the inter, uh, interwebs. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, it's at hipsterocracy. Uh, go, go follow me. Uh, I have two albums as well. Spotify, iTunes, uh, Tangled Up in Plaid and bumming with the devil recording a new one this year and uh if you're in batavia illinois right outside of chicago i'll be there the second through the fourth with brian posain kansas city the 12th through the 14th with brian posain and then i'll be in portland headlining uh three shows uh at al's den and the funhouse lounge the 24th and 25th 
you guys got it. If you're in those areas, please check him out. He, he Johnny, you're really uh, a fantastic comedian. So, oh, thank you. Uh, even if you didn't come on the show, I'd be listening to your stuff. It's fucking fantastic. So, appreciate it. Uh, thank all you guys for coming on. This is super fun. What a good group. Go Kings. Go Kings. Like Go the Kings. beam, baby. Like, like the, the beam. beam. <laughs> this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified health care provider for your specific health care needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.